from Flat Lab in Austin, Texas. This is Stacker News Live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome back to another Stacker News Live. We're here today with uh, my best friend Keon and special guest Kevin Rook. Can you believe it? Thanks for having me. This is really exciting to be here. Yeah, down from Toronto, uh, getting the full Austin Bitcoin experience. How have you enjoyed uh, Austin so far? It's great so far. Last night, uh, we did the Austin Bitcoin Club. Uh, we did a panel there and there was about 100 people. And it was it was honestly one of the biggest Bitcoin meetups I've ever been to. I've never been to a Bitcoin conference, actually. And that was a small one. That's just a surprising thing. Yeah, it, it was incredible. And it's just like every Thursday night, you got something going on. So uh, some inspiration for uh, Toronto. I think I have to start <laughs> a Bitcoin meetup in Toronto now. Yeah, it was great to have you. I mean, I think one of the coolest things was like, uh, we actually had somebody that knew how to ask right, the right questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was that, very professional. It was very, prof- like it got yeah. really professionaled up. Uh, but uh, yeah. I wonder how, did many people recognize you? Yeah. They- I actually had the craziest thing happen. I, I left afterwards, we went to a bar to, to use lightning at, I can't remember what it was called, but one of the bars um, downtown on my way back, I hopped on one of those uh, electric scooters mm. and I'm just driving down some like deserted road and some guy from, from out of nowhere shouts, Hey, I know you. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, he awesome. must've, he must've for sure seen the, the, the panel, yeah. the meetup. And he's like, what, what, what panel, what meetup? He's like, no, I know you. I've, I've seen your, your YouTube stuff. And oh, I'm like, wow. what? Yeah. Austin's like Crawling. on their stuff with Bitcoin. Yeah. I, I, I've never had that happen before. It's kind of cool, right? Like, do you ever get stopped key on or no? No. No? I mean, occasionally people will yell at me. They'll see my hat and they'll be like stacker news, but yeah. from cars, but that's yeah. no, nothing like they recognize my face. Well, but- that's incredible still <laughs> that stacker news. Like, yeah. I don't think, I don't think anyone in, in Toronto would yeah. recognize that there's, you know, Austin's on a whole new level. I'm oh, impressed. Man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a long time coming. But uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on Stacker News Live. Uh, we're gonna jump into the top five stories of the week. Keon, take it off. Yeah, uh, quick meta. We release polls, so you can now ask Stacker News users questions. It's pretty straightforward. See, people have been using it a lot. Uh, it's just kind of fun. Um, most people are using it right now, I think, because it's like a bit of a new toy. But uh, got a lot of feedback on it already that we'll be integrating. Uh, so it's a one set to create one set to vote. Is that how yeah. that works? Yeah. Eventually it'll be, you'll be able to uh, set how much you want the votes to cost. Maybe you want them to cost a hundred sats rather than one set. You want it to be a little more civil resistant, make sure the votes are like, you know, actually authentic. Um, but yeah, that's, have that's we seen a, any cool po- uh, polls? I've seen a couple. Yeah. What, I, I'm curious to know what you think are going to be the most interesting polls over time. Like what are we going to, you know, we, we can do this for predicting CPI inflation. We can do, we can have all sorts of predictions about, you know, big events. Are there any specific use cases do you think polls will be helpful for? I, nothing, nothing super specific. I know it, what I like is that it's like generic enough. It can be used for nearly anything. And that's kind of what we've seen it get used for. Uh, like a lot of the more popular polls are just asking people about the Bitcoin and like, how, like the, in this, in this particular case, it's like, do, do you run a node? And it seems like 
60% of the people who entered in the poll said they do run a node, a full node with lightning, which is pretty, pretty awesome. I think if you asked a similar question on Twitter, you wouldn't know who was answering and you would, you would suspect that there were a fair number of like no coiners. And so it, it'd be, uh, skew your poll pretty heavily, but at least on Sacker news, you know, um, there are, there are 22.7 people who are interested enough in Bitcoin to be on Stacker News and have an account and logged in and willing to sp- and have, have uh, Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, but they don't run a node at all. Um, and that's kind of an interesting data point. So I think, it's, I think the most interesting thing to me is being able to poll people who are like reliably Bitcoiners. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, it's another cool feature that Sacker has, right? Sacker News has. Yeah, yeah. People want more options and stuff. We'll be doing a little more with that. But uh, yeah, that's the top meta. Uh, the top non-meta story is Pierre Richard's AMA, uh, which was a great this AMA. This was actually really good. Yeah, he he... He's very, uh, articulate. To the point. Yeah. And, and he, <laughs> but he's like, he like, he like, no, he like knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I think is the kind of important thing. These AMAs are getting a lot of traction too. This one had what? 83 comments on it. Yeah. And I think there was one with Alan yesterday that had over a hundred comments. And I think that's the first one I've seen with over a hundred comments. So these are getting a lot of traction. Yeah. Uh, you're just churning them out at this point, right? Like yeah. it's it's well, like there's one every almost if to me it feels like every six hours. <laughs> <laughs> or like maybe every twelve hours. It well, feels like almost every twelve hours, right? We had three three this week and we have three for the next week. Yeah. I mean Kevin's the one reaching out and doing most of the oh, AMS. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome job. Yeah. It seems like there's no downside. As long as we can bring on like great, great people to do these AMAs the more the merrier because we're starting to see some of these people come back now and respond. I mean, here's, here's the first comment is from Jimmy song who didn't AMA before. Yeah. Right. And so now we have people who do AMAs now are familiar with the site and they can use the site and actually ask interesting questions to the other guests. Yeah. It seems like it's helping onboard people. Yeah, definitely. I think it definitely helps and it makes sure there's always like a discussion or something were like worthy of participating in while, while people are on the site. I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have occurred to me that there is no upper limit to how many AMAs. That's something that you, uh, that you presented. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's definitely true. Um, why not have more of them? People seem to really like them. People. It's a reason to come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. There, there, there'll always, there'll always be another AMA. Is there That's any really AMA cool. guests that have been like particularly hard to get on that? There's been some that just haven't, haven't responded. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, just busy maybe there's, yeah. I mean, there's obviously like a dream, the dream list of all the like top, top people in lightning, of course, you know, only a fraction of them we've, we've had on so far. Right. But, you know, I start thinking of like, I start thinking of, uh, Ross Stevens. I think of like Jack Mahler's Elizabeth Stark, those guys, like, we haven't had any of them on yet. Jack, but Elizabeth, if come anyone's on. watching, come on, yeah. come on, you got to do an MA. I mean, Elizabeth promised me she would come on. Oh, uh, she did? Yeah. Oh, cool. Back when, back when Sacrones was raising. So you just do it. Like, there's so many questions, like, a lot of people would just want to ask. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she's also, I just want to know what kind busy. of music she listens to. I would guess, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would guess, like, 
oh god what is it called like like a mellow beats type of thing that like where sense. it's very uh <laughs> like very very instrumental yeah that's my guess anyway uh really good ama uh top question was jimmy song asking how or what convinced pierre to turn from atheism and pierre's Pierre noted uh, having children prompted him mm -hmm. to reflect on uh, this more than anything. And there was a, a fairly good discussion around that, some back and forth with uh, other people who, who are atheists. Um, kind of interesting. There's like a, there's a, there's a really, there's a quite a bit of overlap with uh, uh, Christianity and Bitcoin and cool to see that kind of get discussed here. Um, uh, C Otto, who runs a, a profitable lightning node came in and asked Pierre about uh, running a lightning node at Kraken and like what are some of the decisions they're making? And they had a, they had a fairly good discussion about that. And um, while Pierre isn't at Kraken anymore, he is at riot right now, but he, he did, he was instrumental in getting um, the lightning node up and running. I don't know if you guys asked any questions of Pierre that, I think, yeah, I think uh, Kevin did. I think I asked one. I can't actually remember at this point what it was. It's probably in here somewhere. It gets harder oh, and harder. I asked him about what, what research he's going to be doing. Right. Um, at, uh, at Riot. He gave a full, full list of all the topics he's interested in. Yeah. So it seems like a lot of the work that we know him for already, he'll be continuing to do at Riot. Um, proof of work versus proof of stake mempool competition yeah uh that kind of stuff um he's such a big presence here in austin um i, I know he's kind of behind the scenes now but like um I, i've seen him on multiple occasions like at the commons and stuff and um he's he's come by the old club blob when we were there um he's just an all-around great great human being I, I really like pierre a lot i fed his daughter a piece of bacon on the way to the bitcoin con miami conference he was uh, <laughs> he was waiting to get on the plane uh, and I had some bacon and his daughter ate some of it. Uh, yeah, really, really cool to see him on Stacker News. I hope to see him on again. Um, you, you also asked Kevin, what is the most important lesson you've learned from Bitcoin? Uh, macro trends take decades, not months or years. So wisdom from a I guy like who's that. earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next top story is the, the is Alan Farrington's AMA. Who's Alan Farrington? This is one I didn't know at all. So he's, he's an investor. He wrote Bitcoin is Venice. Um, I think he, he had some kind of role at, he's a board observer at Blockstream. So it's some kind of role at Blockstream. I don't know much of his backstory. Do you, Kevin? I don't know a whole lot of the backstory, but I had started to read Bitcoin is Venice because Alex Gladstein recommended it in his AMA. Right. And so I saw that and I was like, okay, I'm going to read this. And I found it super interesting. I'm, I'm actually only partway through right now, but, uh, it was a really interesting book and I haven't actually read many of the Bitcoin books. I haven't been drawn to many of them other than the Bitcoin standard that kind of like set me down uh, the rabbit hole. Uh, this is one of the, the few that I look at and think this is a great book. This is like, I think every Bitcoiner should read it. Really? So it's, wow. it's it struck you that, yeah, he seems, um, I've What's read that book again. What's the book again? It's Bitcoin called is Bitcoin is Venice. Okay. I've, uh, I've read some of his other work that he posts. Um, but I, and it, he's like very insightful, comes at things from a very different angle than you'd expect them, expect someone to come, 
at them from, but I mostly know him from Twitter and, but I know he writes a lot of stuff. Uh, but yeah, one of our most popular AMAs. So clearly other people are, are, are curious about his thoughts on things. Um, top, top question was where does the yield come from? And I think, cause I think it was his meme where you are the exit liquidity. What, is that, what put, does that mean again? Uh, what does that mean? like, uh, how are people earning in these DeFi systems? Oh, like they're okay. like, uh, it's mostly someone is the exit liquidity for them. Cause they're, they're not in them long-term. They're only in them short-term long enough for them to get popular enough to, for them to, uh, rug pull or, or dump on people. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of really good uh, questions in here. Did you ask one of him? Oh, here it is. Kevin's question is if you had to pick one company that performed Bitcoin, oh, wow. uh, what would you pick? And it, it gave a really good answer here. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really thoughtful. I mean, I was hoping to get an actual answer, mm-hmm. but he said he's going to cop out and he had some good reasons for why. What, what were the reasons, Kevin? The first he said, uh, he says, everything I have familiarity with is an incredibly, is at an incredibly speculative stage. So you just kind of never know if it's going to succeed, but he thinks that if they do, if it does succeed, some of these bets are going to outperform Bitcoin by many orders of magnitude. Um, and then I think he had another point. Uh, if, uh, he said, if, 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 if new company, it's talking about. yeah. The other point I think that, that, that struck me in particular was that he said, if you have a Bitcoin company, even if, even if the, if, if your Bitcoin's Bitcoin denominated return is zero, but you have a Bitcoin company that's earning Bitcoin, um, then it's, then it's technically outperforming Bitcoin. Um, yes. And, uh, I thought that was, that was, I hadn't thought of it that way before, but. You'd have to make sure though, that your salaries are also being paid. Your expenses are being paid in Bitcoin because if you have the price come down for the last like eight months, like we've had, and if you've been paying out salaries in, uh, in dollar terms, yeah. you're going to be using a larger and larger portion of your Bitcoin every single day for the next, you know, eight months as we, as we head down. Right. And that's a whole, like, that's a whole article right there. Just on that topic alone. Cause it's, it's not the same, right? Is it the, it's not the same as holding Bitcoin on your balance sheet, right? It's cause it's, it's Bitcoin that you're earning as a company. Yeah. There's levels to it, right? It's like one, the first level is like you hold Bitcoin on your balance sheet. The next level is you also earn Bitcoin. And the third level is you're also using, you also have expenses in Bitcoin. And I think once you get all three, you're earning and you're spending wow. in Bitcoin and you hold Bitcoin. If you have all those three, you're effectively on a Bitcoin standard. Yeah. I mean, to your point, Carr, about this being a whole article, he's saying he's, he, his professional mission for the next decade is to make this clearer, is to like articulate uh, this whole, thing. this whole thing around, uh, people thinking in terms of Bitcoin rather than dollars. So wow. I want to hear what you guys think for that question though. Um, you have to pick one company to outperform Bitcoin oh for gosh. the next decade and it can't be your own company. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, I wouldn't be, I mean, I wouldn't be so confident to say that, but, uh, it's, it's tricky. I, if, if I'm going to, this is probably me like talking out of my butt, but, uh, I would say it's going to be a Bitcoin hardware company mm. that that would be, or, or, or some kind of like POS or like, it's going to be a company that has hardware. Um, that's, I feel like that's the, 
I think people, and I say this all the time, you've you heard this for like almost a year. I feel, yeah. I feel like people are really underestimating Bitcoin hardware right now and like how that's going to take off. Because once it really hits the mainstream, like there's going to be nothing like a, like a, a Drake or one of these guys to like really want to floss some like Bitcoin hardware and say they're holding a hot wallet with like two or three Bitcoin in it. Like, I don't think people understand. But you don't mean a hot wallet, you mean a cold wallet. No, it'll be a hot wallet. It'll be oh. something that just looks really cool. Oh, you like, mean like a lightning wallet? Yeah, yeah, of some sort. And they're just holding like crap ton of Bitcoin on there. And it's just so they can have it around their neck. Like it's not a diss on Drake or anything, but it's just like people just want to floss like that. And I think like underestimating like Bitcoin hardware, I think is like kind of one of the things right now, but I don't know. Okay. That's a good point. I think you asked this question to Max too. And he said block. That was his answer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty good one. I mean, it's, e it's easy to pick them though, too, because they're so, they're, they're, already, they're already successful. I think actually the question I asked to Max was like, uh, what's going to be the company that brings a billion people to Bitcoin or something? Okay. I don't think he would have picked Block for outperforming Bitcoin because right. it's already a $50 billion company right. or something like that. Yeah, you don't 100x right. <laughs> the $50 billion company, $50 billion. Yeah. I don't know. I wish is, I had a good answer. Is it Block doing hardware though? Yes. So that's there you true. go. Like a checkbox, right? Like, and they're also doing software. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm. Uh, yeah, it's. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we solved it. Solved Fuck. It. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Pick one company, though. I don't. I almost like the. I almost like the category. There maybe categories would be easier. What's your category? Um, I think there are like nascent uses for Bitcoin. Bitcoin will solve problems like this, like civil resistance problem and things in applications that I think um, has been like dying to be solved. And I think that that has a lot of potential. Um, and then of course the kind of earning in, in, uh, in small quantities, I think is also really interesting, but picking like a company who's going to be ahead of that is, is, is tricky. Um, there's definitely like a huge opportunity there and there's not many people working on it yet. So we, you know, that category is filled by maybe 10, 10 companies now at most. Who do you yeah. think, Kevin? I, I think it would be, if I had to pick category, it would be this like consumer social lightning category. Uh, and so this is a category that like Stack News is operating in. Uh, Fountain's also operating in it. Uh, Mash is also operating in it. There's going to be more operating in it. I heard an interesting idea from John Cantrell about doing a live like trivia app. Like remember HQ Trivia? Uh, it was yeah. about four, four or five years ago. Yeah, I've yeah. heard John Cantrell talk about this. Yeah, so doing like a HQ Trivia on Lightning where you can pay out everyone as they answer questions. I think the original HQ Trivia was something like you have to answer 12 questions they make it so that basically everyone who participates live, you know, there's millions of people live that show up for it. And like at the end, there's like four people that get all 12, right? Uh, it just, you know, everyone gets whittled down. So only the four people get paid, but now you can pay proportionally everyone. Right. If you get to question eight, you get more than the guy who gets question four. Right. He's been, he's been thinking about this for a long time. I don't think he's settled on the design for it. I wonder, I forget the reasons why, like some of the, some of the blocks to it. I think, 
I think it's mostly legal as part of one of his bigger concerns, but it's a really interesting idea and it would definitely help with adoption and education. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be something like that that just takes off overnight. You know, like we have all the, a lot of the infrastructure built to support this stuff now. And I think that we're ready for a big consumer app to take yeah. people by storm. Can't wait. Oh yeah. It's looking good. It's looking good. This, uh, this time of year right now, there's so many people building right now. And yeah. It's like a, a cliche thing to say, but it's like a lot of cool stuff. All the ideas are coming out right now. It's cool. Uh, yeah. So that's the, there's a lot of great uh, stuff in here. Um, like kind of quirky questions that people are asking uh, Alan, but uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, the next top story is the right versus McCormick judgment. Oh Lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What? Kevin, take it away. I don't know anything about this one. Really? Okay. I, I heard there was something about uh, Craig Wright and Peter McCormick, but I, I honestly have no idea where it started or what the, I didn't even read the final verdict here. So someone's going to have to fill me in. Okay. So what happened was Peter basically had a Twitter thread where he was calling Wright a fraud and, uh, and the other guy, I forget his name, but he's like, he's like the henchman for right <laughs> came along and was like, Oh, Craig is the real Satoshi. And then, uh, oh, that's that Calvin guy, Calvin, right? Calvin, Calvin, Calvin yeah. Ayer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a tweet about McCormick that went kind of viral and Calvin responded to me at one point, but, uh, that's how these, I don't know. I don't know how he dedicates his life to, I guess if he thinks he's Satoshi, it, it makes sense. Um, Anyway, he, he responded in that thread to McCormick and McCormick basically like challenged him to sue him. Um, and he's like, where's my lawsuit? Give me my lawsuit. Uh, I kept calling Craig Wright a fraud over and over and over again. But basically Craig Wright and Calvin Ayer ended up suing him uh, for libel. And the verdict uh, was that uh, McCormick did uh, harm, uh, Craig Wright's reputation. Uh, originally, originally McCormick was going to, um, prove that Craig Wright isn't Satoshi, but he decided not to do that because it'd be so expensive legally to do that. And you can't really technically prove something isn't true. It's, it's like quite hard. Um, it would, yeah. And, and there's, and you can just, you can just, you can say you're anyone so long as that there isn't someone with a greater claim to saying you're that person. And that's kind of the weird thing about this Craig Wright situation is because so Satoshi isn't there. There's no, there's, there's no one to say I'm actually Satoshi. So anyone can claim their Satoshi as effectively as Craig Wright has. Um, anyway, they, they ended up deciding that, uh, it was on some level libel, but because, uh, um, because he advanced a deliberately false case and put forward deliberately false evidence. Craig Wright is widely known for lying all the time and just uh, doing all kinds of stuff like this. Uh, it said he will only recover nominal damages and only awarded him one British pound. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, it seems like a win for McCormick overall. And I think the, judge kind of got the point that Craig Wright is a fraud of some sort, at least, uh, even if they can't legally prove he's not Satoshi. Um, yeah. 
Do you have any thoughts, Scar? <laughs> I have so many thoughts. It's just like, what do I want to say publicly about it? I think I think the person I'm thinking about right now is more like Hoddle Knot, right? Okay. Yeah, like, like he doesn't have any representation as far as I know. But um, did he get sued too? Yeah. So I think that's somebody like when I, when I think of CSW, I think of that. I'm like, I'm like man, feel bad for Hoddle Knot. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that suit ended up looking like. I know he went after Cobra Bitcoin. And he's another guy too. Yeah, and that was very expensive. Or another NIM. McCormick's got big bags though. So it was kind of maybe this will stop right. I mean, we kind of have to be thankful that McCormick actually went at went went after it. Yep. Um, I don't know. I it's just such a, a touchy thing, and it's just yeah. Yeah, I'm more thinking about Hall or not. Like, what's 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 it look like for him? Um, so uh, hopefully, everything works out with that. We'll see. I don't think it's I don't think it's the last we've ever heard of Bright, though. Unfortunately, no. I think he'll be uh, doing this forever. Um, yeah, but kind of, kind of, kind of fun. Uh, I feel like that kind of thing, Judge Judy type stuff. Um, yeah, I saw this post. Yeah, this post like. Was surprising. Is it getting overrun by all corners? I mean, in my opinion, it isn't. I think Jimmy is just a little bit, he's like kind of has a huge history in the space and can see the signs maybe. Mm. And is like, is like quite sensitive to even like a, the smallest uh, increment towards more altcoiners being on Sacker news. Um, so m- my read is he's just like, he's expressing a potential future concern because the Bitcoin talk was overrun by altcoiners. Reddit similarly, you know, kind of had people who were maybe, you know, uh, secondarily interested in Bitcoin, but primarily interested in other coins join the Bitcoin subreddit. Uh, Bitcoin Twitter obviously is is constantly trolled by people outside of the community. Um, Yeah. So it seemed, it seems it seemed like a reasonable thing, and I know he's been having beef with uh, Seth for privacy um, over Monero stuff. Um, they've been like they went back and forth on Twitter, and then Jimmy blocked him. So uh, was Seth for privacy on here, like posting before? Or? Yeah, Seth for privacy has been on here quite a bit. He posted he's been exploring Lightning, and is actually quite interested in Lightning, and is you know by his own definition, I think uh, like a Bitcoiner. He just also is into Monero. So we got a comment that says, I've seen posts on Stacker News about Monero, Cardano, and a few others. Yeah, people will post whatever in recent, but uh, nothing- I haven't po- seen any of those though. Yeah, I haven't really either. There, there have been Seth, Seth for Privacy has posted some good articles on, on Lightning and comparing Lightning to Monero in some cases and indicating that Lightning has inferior privacy or Bitcoin and Bitcoin has inferior privacy to Monero. Um, Is it set up to algorithmically, like, I don't know if that's the correct term, but like for me to see something different than I normally, a normal person would? No, no, it's It's been very, it's been very minimal. Like that's just this one post by Seth, I think was one of the more popular ones. But so the main thing that triggered Jimmy here was that another user asked why uh, people were negative towards, um, Monero on Stacker News. I think it's in top. Uh, they, they asked why? Yeah. For oh, those okay. who just like Monero, why? 
It's a honeypot, bro. That got 142 <laughs> comments. Wow. Yeah. One of the most popular discussions on the site. People really like flame wars. Um, no, it's a, I, I feel like every time like there's a meetup, there's always a Monero show there. And I feel like that's the fed or that's like some three. No, I'm not even joking. <laughs> that's why I just like, don't even want to talk about Monero like publicly. Cause I'm just like, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> like I'm like steering clear. Yeah. It I, just, to me, it just screams like three letter agency. Um, <laughs> but that's me, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't, it doesn't really scream that for me, but, uh, Cause what's the point of Monero though? Like what's the point of it? Um, more in uh, a current, like ring T signatures or something like that. It, it, it's just better base layer privacy is my understanding. Um, but it has like all of these neg it, it's not, it's not great in that it has centralization and does frequent hard forks and stuff. But, um, I also think another thing too, like when it comes to these altcoins and all of them, like they're going to go where there's people with Bitcoin, like they're, they're always going to be like, you've seen that meme, right? Where like they're in the restroom urinal. And then the, the guy, no, I the Bitcoiner's like in the, in the urinal, he's like way over there. And then there's like, a, Oh, the all corner, right. And he's place. like right next yeah. to him. It's like, <laughs> I feel like it's like that. I don't know how you prevent that. No. I, I yeah. Well, that's what, that's what this discussion with Jimmy was about. Kevin, what do you, what do you think? Kevin? Yeah. I heard super asking you about this earlier. It's, it's interesting. I mean, like I, I saw a lot of, uh, I think I saw a lot of comments suggesting that we should be banning certain words or certain content or being able to build like block lists and things like that. I, I remember jumping in on one of these comments. I'm not sure if it was the main thread with Jimmy, but I, I jumped in somewhere and said, uh, why is it, why, why are we so interested in building a block lists for, for people or for terms? Why not muting people? I think that might be like a pretty civil way to like disassociate with things you don't want to talk about mm -hmm. and allow the conversation to persist and everyone else to decide whether or not they want to participate. I think the cool thing though about Stacker News is that you are, as soon as you're participating, you are on lightning. You're using lightning to do it. Yeah. And so I think that is going to act as a natural deterrent for people. You know, I don't know if there was a, if there was a, lightning equivalent on some other chain, they're not going to come over to Stacker News to talk about it because they're using, they're using Bitcoin's lightning network. They're not using, you know, some other scaling solution. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, like the top, the top comment in here is make login with lightning, the only login method mm. and Seth for privacy is like, I log in with lightning. And so he's, he's a, he's a Bitcoiner who is also a Monero proponent. It's like a weird, it's like kind of a weird gray area. I think logging with lightning is a great idea. I think also, you know, it's, it might be interesting to explore the idea of removing those, you know, how you get a few free posts and a few free comments when you show up, mm. it might be worthwhile to consider that. I know it adds friction to people who, uh, are, who don't have a lightning wallet set up, but maybe that's a good thing. Um, I just think that the one thing differentiating stacker news from the past examples that Jimmy was using Bitcoin talk and Reddit is that neither of those were mm -hmm. built on Bitcoin. Yeah. It was just a discussion board built on the internet and it just happened to, to talk about Bitcoin, but this one's actually built on Bitcoin. It uses Bitcoin. You earn Bitcoin. I think the conversation is probably going to stay pretty close to Bitcoin at least yeah. for the short term. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree. I don't really see it slipping, slip, slipping very fast into another domain. And I don't, I don't see someone who's like really into Ethereum coming on Stacker News and wanting to talk about Ethereum on Stacker News while using Bitcoin. It's, uh, it's kind of like part of the reason why I think some of the discourse stays fairly positive on Stacker News versus other platforms. It's like, uh, because you're anticipating a reward. And so it's, it's weird because, because you're unlikely to get rewarded for being very trolly on Stacker News versus Reddit. You can kind of just upvote something. It doesn't cost you anything to support a troll on Reddit, but it costs you something to support a troll on Stacker News. And so I think there, I think there, there, there's definitely a different game. I don't know if it's, um, if it's like enough and I think it's worth like having these discussions and it, uh, it was, it seems somewhat productive, um, despite, uh, people disagreeing a lot. Um, it was yeah. nice. We got Udi in there. Yeah. It, seemed, it was his oh, first wait, is that really him? post. Yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. He posted on Twitter that he was, that he posted there. Well, I guess Jimmy has a point. The, the, <laughs> the corners are coming <laughs> Yeah, Udi is definitely the king of uh, crossovers. Um, Don't say his name three times he shows up. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, if you like if you like flame wars, if you like uh, back and forth, and um, if you like, there are some fairly constructive criticisms of Monero in both these threads. Uh, if you're wondering why Jimmy Song doesn't support Monero, why Seth and Udi think it's great or whatever, uh, check it out. Yeah, definitely conversation worth having. And uh, the, the last top story is from Lines Gone. Uh, they are an American expat living in Taipei. Boss. And uh, they posted this on the day that Nancy Pelosi was landing in Taiwan. And discussion ensued. So people are asking them about like what it, what it's like in Taiwan right now is really interesting. What's and going I, on in Taiwan? I don't know anything else at all. Uh, China is like increasingly hostile towards them. So they're, they're uh, thinking about instituting like a trade blockade and preventing trade from entering and exiting mm -hmm. Taiwan. It's become a bit of like a, a political token that both the United States and China are fighting over. Um, uh, and yeah, it's looking like it might be another like Hong Kong in terms of Whoa. China just kind of coming in and, and, and taking over there. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those interviews where um, they'll ask people who have some association with China to, to talk about Taiwan and they'll like shut down the conversation. Whoa. But it uh, like China doesn't even China is kind of upset that Taiwan exists as as a democratic state. Uh, Kevin, what do you think about all this stuff? I honestly don't know a, a whole lot about this story. Um, I feel like this is a, a sign of like, like we're starting to get to the point where Stacker News, we now have, we now have a bunch of users interested in topics that are uh, not necessarily Bitcoin topics, but like maybe a little bit related. It, you know, this yeah. is like a politics topic. Yeah. I think that's cool to see, but I, I can't really specifically comment on, on this story just because I, I don't really. Yeah. I don't know enough uh, about it either. But also another thing, this, this actually, I guess this isn't even a story. It's, it's this guy saying like, what was the, what was his um, comment? He just said, I'm living in Taipei and I'm, you know, I'm here watching this unfold and he almost turned it into an AMA. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And so that's something that Stacker News users, I, I hope 
start to play around with a bit more. Like, you know, we do AMAs on the site with prominent Bitcoiners, but there's no rule that says you can't start your own AMA. Yeah. That is <laughs> I think people cool. will do it. We did a, we, there was a, a user, a Sacker News user who was in the daily discussion thread who makes his living on uh, doing like pharmaceutical uh, trials and he had a, like a little impromptu AMA and it was pretty fun. <laughs> Dude, I love the discussion thread so much. That's like my favorite thing to look at every morning. I hope, I hope a company does this. Like a Bitcoin company should, you know, when, when they're getting ready to announce a product, I love to see them like set up two posts on Stacker News or maybe just one. One, it could be like, here's the product we're announcing, put it in, in discussion post form, link out to the actual blog post or the technical docs or whatever. And at the end say, AMA, we want to learn more about what you think of this product. I think if you're, if you're building a product for Bitcoiners, you if you want feedback from them, you're going to get it on Stacker News. That's, this is the place yeah. for Bitcoiners. To yeah, hang that's out. a good idea. Yeah. Maybe I'll start suggesting that when founders reach out to me and they're like, Hey, we're going to release this thing. What should I do? That's maybe the right, cause that'll get a ton of engagement and get well, everybody to look at it, get everybody yeah, versus them it. just yeah. dropping a link and vanishing. Yeah. They'll get, they'll get press. They'll get, you know, you're going to just get clicks from a post that goes to the top of the page. You're going to get great feedback from Bitcoiners. You're going to get enthusiasm from people who are excited that this Bitcoin company is actually using a lightning product. I think that, I think that's something I'm looking forward to in the near future. It looks yeah. like level, it looks like level 99 slacker said that to me, y'all. Uh, I guess oh, that's his yeah. post. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, no, that not, not, he's not lines gone. He's oh, level okay. 99 slacker on uh, stacker news. He was oh, okay. the one who does pharmaceutical trials. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Professionally. It's good to see stackers in the comments. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, I, the other, th the main thing I was struck by, by this, and I'm always, I'm like frequently reminded how, how Stacker News' user base is global. Like I, I, I tend to forget, um, <laughs> that, yeah. that it's global, uh, but only less than, less than half of them are from the United States. So, uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, we have like, we have 1% of our users come from Brazil, Spain, uh, 3% from the Netherlands, 5% from the UK. Uh, this is probably most of, most of Kevin's visits here from Canada. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's dude. crazy. I think I was looking at the top cities on Stacker News uh, of all time. It might be surprising. Oh, really? What is it? Well, maybe I'll get you to guess before we say Austin. It. So, well, you can see first one, there's New York, but the second one's really surprising to me. Frankfurt? Frankfurt. Yeah. And then we have Dallas and then Amsterdam. Whoa. Dallas, I guess, is bigger than Austin, right? Is that the biggest city in Texas? Yeah. Okay. It's the, yeah, it is. Wow, Austin's way bigger, at the bottom of the list, Ken. Well, I mean, this is still, you got 3,000 plus visitors. Bigger than Toronto. You're, you're slightly ahead of Toronto. So maybe I have to. Who's browsing uh, for New York? You need to, you need to visit the site. <laughs> Who are all these New York Bitcoiners? <laughs> I think that's just like New York, such a big place uh, okay. and yeah. probably plausible taking the data from like the greater New York area. Uh, okay. Yeah. I cool. think that's probably it, but yeah, I'm always surprised and, and Madrid and Paris and just like all sorts of places you'd never think would be Zurich. Montreal, Vienna. Prague, Helsinki. Oh, Helsinki. Sao Paulo. <laughs> oh, Sao Paulo. Yeah, that makes sense. Lisbon. I want to see more 
Mm. Buenos Aires. Uh, I don't see Mexico anywhere, Mexico City or anything like that, right? Or no? Uh, we do. It might be easier to spot in the countries. You were talking about languages, maybe in a discussion thread. Is that going to happen at some point or no? What do you think? Uh, we have a few different approaches to this. I know Kevin has has a fair, has probably a better formed opinion on this. You, you went back and forth a little bit on yeah. that. I had a discussion with someone. We were talking about, uh, I think it was a Spanish post that was on Sacra News. And I, right. didn't, I didn't read Spanish or I, I still don't read Spanish. Um, and I think there was a discussion about like, is this, is this like, okay, or should we be posting stuff in different languages or should we try and keep it to English? And we went back and forth and, um, I think someone suggested setting up a Spanish sub and then someone said, well, maybe it was me said, uh, you know, well, how about we make it so that you, you got to pay for the sub so that we know we're not creating like ghost towns of every language if there's no actual demand. Right. And they suggested they'd be interested in paying, um, but I think someone else commented and said, you know, what, what about like filters for different languages? And I thought that was an excellent idea. Oh, wow! Like yeah. if I, if I speak three languages, I can just set those languages in Stacker news. And if Stacker news detects that, you know, this is a piece of content in, in Russian and I don't speak Russian. That makes more sense actually. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't have to bootstrap a brand new sub just for discussion mm-hmm. in a different language when realistically like the discussion in a different language is going to be mm-hmm. Bitcoin discussion as well. It's just going to be copying and pasting a bunch of content onto different subs in different languages. Would that filter out like comments from those individuals too as well? Or would it just they'd maybe the get, they maybe get ranked lower and then maybe you'd have like a translate button, like on Twitter, like you can still on Twitter, you can still see posts in other languages um, it's just, uh, they're okay. kind of, they're kind of deranked out yeah. of your daily experience. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was sense. another great idea that, yeah. you know, having an auto translate, um, I think that'd be cool too. It seems like it's a bit, probably more of a technical challenge to get that right, but I don't know. I, you, cause you, cause I, so how this would work, it's, it, it, that would actually probably be easier than filters because, uh, I would, I would have to use software that someone else built to do translation like that. And so I would use an API. The problem is cost of that. Like some of the APIs I've seen are like per translation, which the cost might be very high for. So if I can find software that has, um, I mean, this isn't a huge problem yet, but at some point in the future, it becomes more of a problem. I could uh, license software on where I just have a generic license, can use it as much as I want. Uh, to do translations, that would probably be the way to go. And then maybe, maybe at some point, the kind of ranking mechanism, I think that now put forward, um, uh, given they speak uh, multiple languages. Um, but yeah. That's really uh, cool. Yeah. Taipei user. Uh, now we're on to Carr's top story. No, that's, oh no. Yeah. That is my top story. Yeah. Uh, so this came up and it has to do with the dark net market. And Squeak Road is a new app on the Umbral store. From the person who developed Squeak Node. Okay. The Twitter, yeah, the Twitter uh, client. Uh, have you, either one of you played with this? <laughs> would I would you admit to it? If you have? I haven't played with it. No, I would not admit to it. I'm not selling expensive powders on my, from my Umbral. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool though, that you can uh, get that on your Umbral now. I think I the more have, apps, the better, but what do you think of it? I have Squeak Node on umbral or at least i did for a while i i don't remember why i wanted to use it 
but I set it up and I, I remember looking at it a lot. And then I think I might've actually deleted it since then. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I think it's an interesting idea. I think a lot of the Umbral apps though are still struggling for consistent users. Mm. Um, I get the impression, you know, uh, there's maybe what, 15,000 people running Umbral. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, how much did they, didn't they raise like, was it like 20 or something like that? They raised 3 million. Raised, oh, okay. 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 Yeah. It was well, kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah. And they've also, they've also transitioned to more of like a, I think a, more of a self, a self hosting market than a Bitcoin exclusive mm. market. I think because the addressable market they assume is larger. Um, yeah. The personal servers is kind of like term for this that like. Kind of like what's similar what start nine's doing, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think start nine is, it still feels more like a Bitcoin focused product to me while Umbral feels like it's departing from being Bitcoin focused. Just because of the UI? The UI, the significant UI change. And then I feel like some of the, just the messaging, the general marketing is, seems to be moving away. They mm -hmm. seem to still support it, but it's like not the, they don't expect, there looks like they're moving to a point where they don't expect the majority of the users to run Bitcoin nodes. I think this is still pretty cool. You can go out and do that if you wanted. Um, just, yeah, do it. Oh, do a marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Super was suggesting that what they, that what he wants is like a directory of like a, a meta directory, like a directory of all these directories, like somewhere where you could find somewhere where it lists, Hey, I sell this on, oh, uh, I, I sell bike yeah. parts. I it's sell like a, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that'd be pretty cool. The problem with like decentralized systems like this is discovery. So like you can set up your, um, your umbral, this umbral, the squeak, squeak road store. Mm -hmm. And, uh, how do I discover what you're selling? Mm -hmm. it, um, similarly with torrents. So that's like mm -hmm. kind of one of the big uh, issues with torrents where you'll have, you, you usually have some centralized discovery system, like uh, the pirate bay or whatever to be able to find these things. And then even that, that, that system is what ends up getting attacked. Um, but you know, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're making sure the things that your directory is listing is are innocuous, um, or your meta directory is listing are innocuous, then it shouldn't be a big deal. But I think this is cool. I think I expect people to begin using this actually. It's kind of, I mean, someone could literally la launch a silk road oh, you go. from their home. Yeah, I say it. <laughs> I mean, they could, they could, they could, I mean, they shouldn't, but they could, um, uh, and it, this makes it like trivial to do. You don't have to be, um, Ross Ulbricht 10 years ago. I, I just it. like, I just like seeing stuff like this, like this adversarial stuff, uh, being built on Bitcoin. It raises uh, a bunch of interesting questions. I yeah. like it. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool, uh, this was one of my top stories was, uh, this Galois thing they released. I actually don't understand it terribly well. And that's, uh, why I'm hoping Kevin might yeah, Kevin, have, he, he, have yeah, a little more post, insight. Right? Kevin know, posted it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So I put it up there. Um, stable sats is it's not a stable coin. It's stabilizing the value that you hold in Bitcoin. So you're basically getting, you uh, deposit Bitcoin and you, I think what's happening in the background is Galoi is uh, taking a short position while holding onto their, your Bitcoin. And so the short position and the Bitcoin holdings will cancel each other out. That's the idea is that no matter what the price does, uh, the price of Bitcoin as it moves up and down, 
your short position will become more valuable and your Bitcoin will become less valuable or your Bitcoin will become more valuable and short position will become less valuable. I see. So the two are supposed to cancel each other out. And this is one of the, there's two kind of main approaches to stable coins. The first is the asset backed approach, which is like a tether. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have the contract approach where people are trying different things to, you know, like one example of a contract could have been, uh, some of the algorithmic stable coins. This is different from that, but but it's the same idea where it's not dollars sitting in a bank account. It's not an asset on its own. Yeah, no, it's not backed. It's backed by somehow this Bitcoin and this contract. It is fully collateralized though. That's, yeah. that's an important point that um, that Nicholas wanted to get across when he did. I think he commented on a couple of uh, posts in that thread. He came on and, and here's another example. You know, Nicholas did an AMA on Stacker News and now here he is jumping in, commenting back and forth with everyone. So it's cool to see that happen. Yeah, I was watching one last night from, um, I think it was on Muzz's podcast. Um, He was on there. Um, I don't know if he was talking about this. I just barely started it, but it was was really good. Uh, He came in a pub lab, what, last year? Yeah. You that brought him in there? Uh, Yeah, I think he maybe came to visit me. And uh, Oh, yeah, that's when he found um, Nick. Nick? Uh, Nick T. I don't know. Yeah, he works with Goloi now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought this was really cool. Lots of people have colored opinions on it. Um, but basically what happens is it allows you to turn Bitcoin uh, that you might be storing into uh, a, a stable dollar, a sta- fiat stables. Um, and then, but it importantly... It, uh, when you transact, it's, it's over Bitcoin still is my understanding. And, uh, to add a little bit more detail to what Kevin said, they use something called an inverse perpetual swap, which I don't understand, but this is, I think you, you described it using terms that I think we all understand a little better, like short positions and things, but some, this is somehow involved. Um, yeah, that's the concept. And, um, one, one thing that I found interesting. I actually did a chat with Nicholas for my podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. that, that day or the next day. Um, and we discussed, um, the, the business model here. And so Galois is a banking service provider. They're like banking as a service. That's kind of their, one of their slogans. Right. And they have one of their customers, Bitcoin beach, Mm -hmm. right? So Bitcoin beach uses Galois tech. And Galois developed the stable sats, which is now going to be implemented in Bitcoin Beach Wallet. So Bitcoin Beach Wallet can charge a spread on that. And they can, and every other participant can, can say, I'm going to integrate stable sats in my app. And in my app, it's going to be 2% or 3% or 1% or half a percent. Yeah. So there is going to be a business model here, I think, for the users of Galois products. And then as a follow-on effect, of course, if the, if the users of the products are earning money themselves, if Bitcoin Beach's business is now profitable and, uh, you know, they're really happy with Galois service, then they're willing to pay Galois uh, money as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're a really interesting business. Part of this announcement was also that they raised $4 million recently. Um, I think Max led the round uh, with Hivemind. Um but uh, cool to see them doing that. I think I think they're a sleeper. I think uh, we'll see some really interesting things come from Galois. I don't are think a lot of people are aware. Of it. 
Um, I don't know. Are you speaking? I'm planning to go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you going to go, Keon? Uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. I have to see. I, I kind of want to go, man. Check gorillawatch.com. See uh, what's going kinda on. I want to go. It's in, <laughs> it's in November, right? November. Or uh, yeah, November. Okay. I think. Yeah. I would like to go too. I'd like to meet. Uh, I want to hang out with Roman. Yeah. I know you love Roman. Um, yeah. More cool stories. A few more. This is a good thread. Just kind of wanted to bring more people's attention to it. I didn't get in the top five, but. This is my favorite of the week. Okay. That's, yeah, oh, yeah. is it really? Which yeah. one is it? This is just, it's just a list of really cool lightning apps. And I mean, we have 53 comments of people Boss. just, you know, posting interesting apps that, you know, some of them I haven't even heard of. Uh, you know, there's a few notable ones like, like Micro Lancer, a few people have heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Micro Lancer. Yeah. But like Ellen Cash. Ellen Cash. Yeah. 21 Uno Lightning Gifts. I yeah. don't even know. Similar. Kevin, it's you know, similar it's like to I Ellen found Cash. out about. Get Albi was through one of these because I feel like some of these pop up every once in a while, these kind of threads. Yeah, uh, definitely. And that's do. how I found out Get Albi. Uh, yeah. And that's because, like, I should have known about it, but there's just so much stuff going on. Um, yeah, for sure. I love these. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to jump in there this weekend. And, yeah. Like, check I them was, all out. Kevin's answer in here was uh, Get Mash. I don't Let's Get Mash. Uh, they're basically building. Kevin, actually, Kevin should describe what they do. I think he understands them better. So I think, I think of them as like, uh, building Shopify for creators. Click on it, Keon. What does that look like? So you haven't heard of this yet? No. It's been, I mean, they've done releases on Sacker News. Ah, earn more for what you build, create and develop. Gain more customers because there's no commitment or large upfront fee. So basically this lets you monetize any aspect of any site. Um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of sites that are just stuck with an ad model because that's the only thing that's existed. And there's a lot of places where it doesn't really make sense to do that, but you kind of have to do it because if you don't monetize with ads, you're not going to get someone to lock into like a monthly subscription or something, right? you know, $10 a month or whatever. There, there were a bunch of sites that popped up. I remember one specifically, everyone was watching when COVID first started, there was this like, COVID dashboard that showed all the different like case numbers and that in different places. Right. And they went, they got, I think they were among the top 50 most popular sites in the world for a few months Yeah, when everyone was going wild about it. And, and they could only monetize with ads. Um, you see a lot of like a lot of the meme sites, the the meme generators. Yeah. Um, they're really popular globally. They can only monetize with ads. Um, right. No or image flip it. image flip has like a $3 per month subscription, which I always get around by screenshotting the image. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean like how, how much are they losing on the $3 transaction? This is really yeah. clean. You know? This is a really good job. Yeah. No, these guys are, are really smart. Uh, I've talked to Jared before. Uh, he really gets it. I had some, like when they first launched, I was like, I don't, are these I'm not sure I want to use your wallet. Like I don't, I don't have a re I don't have a good reason to sign into your wallet yet. Like that, that is my main criticism of them in general is that I, I would have to, but once you get start, if you can get people, if they, my main, my main point was like, if you can get me to, to start using that wallet, like create an experience that I want to do so badly, I'm willing to start using the get mash wallet, um, or the mash wallet. Where I will, I will probably use it everywhere. Uh, it's just that one experience. 
Huh? Where are they from? Uh, Canada, I believe. Yeah, they're oh, in Toronto. Yeah. Jared's in Toronto, yeah. Oh, oh cool. cool. Um, I think I'm actually going to try it out, uh, hopefully in the next week or so, on my site. Nice. I have, I've been putting together transcripts of my episodes, podcast episodes, and I've actually been doing it with Stackwork. So Stackwork oh, has been cool. doing these transcripts. They take the audio file, they create a transcript. It's it's like, you know, an hour and a half episode or something. Yeah. And they have hundreds of workers that are contributing little tiny additions and in transcribing it because you run through an AI first, but the AI messes up a bunch of words. Right. So these workers all over the world are doing like four second tasks of like, identify this word, this one word, and someone else identifies another word. And they compile all that together and they feed back to me in the same day, a polished transcript that is way better than I could get from an AI in same day. It's like eight or 10 bucks. Um, and so what I'm doing is I'm going to put those transcripts on my site and then have mash as a, as a kind of like a paywall there. Yeah. And so if you want to read the transcript in 15 minutes, instead of listening to the full hour and a half episode that I did, you can now, you'll be able to do that on mash. Another thing too cool about that, Kevin, is like some of the best like ideas or topics that are discussed during a podcast, like would make interesting articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be cool too, because you can grab snippets and then you can just kind of bounce off from there. Like in that moment that you had this like fleeting, uh, whatever. Yeah. For that use case, uh, uh, then it would cool. definitely make sense to uh, be able to just copy and paste from, so you don't have to self transcribe something from mm-hmm. a, a podcast. That's another thing that Stackworks working on is, uh, you know, they've had some jobs on the Stacker News job board for transcribing uh, podcasts and like identifying chapters and things like that. They're building, they're trying to rebuild uh, Google and build it based on, because their thesis is like the, the, the most interesting Bitcoin knowledge is starts with podcasts. It starts with discussions people have like this. And only after that, it makes its way to web pages in this like polished blog post form. Oh so Google's gosh. the last to index it. And uh, they're building basically a tool where, you know, uh, I had Paul on my show a while ago and he said, you know, if you search like trampoline routing on Google, you're going to get a bunch of junk. But if you can pull all the little clips from all wow. the podcasts about trampoline routing, you probably get a pretty good idea of what it is. What is the opposite of vertical integration? That's what that would be, right? Because like you're, if Google is like, let's say this layer where you just described, it's a search engine, this would be underneath that, right? And then they could, they could not thwart Google, but they could, um, they could vertically integrate upwards, right? Or is that the complete, or am I, I just, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, the, I don't think you need vertical or horizontal integration, but I, I think what it, it's, uh, it's getting a jump on Google for content. Google's lag behind their, the information that they're, that they're getting is it takes, it takes someone to transcribe it into an article or put it into an article. These ideas in an article, yeah. but when they're discussed, uh, over audio far, by voice far sooner than when they're in text format. Um, and so that is, that's kind of, that sounds like that's what they're doing. They're taking a shot at Google in another way too, with the, the phones. Right. Like they're they're trying to bring phones to their stack work workers all over the world. And they'll basically give someone a phone who maybe can't afford a phone, uh, but they want the phone. And so the worker takes the phone and can only do stack work tasks for the first like couple months. After a couple of months of of working and earning, they've now paid off the phone 
yeah. the phone can now This open was the story up. that really just like blew my mind when I heard it the first yeah. time. Wow. And yeah. so now all of a sudden, like they're taking a number of approaches here at the, you know, search giants of the world, the, the hardware giants of the mm-hmm. world. They got some ambition. Who are these guys? They're from, they're from Canada too or no? No, Stackworks, no. Uh, I think. I think Salt Lake City. They're, yeah, Utah based. Yeah. yeah. SLC punks. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Paul is oh, great. Man. He's always in the uh, Stacker News Sphinx chat uh, talking with me. Um, the other top story that I had, I had another one. I just, there were a lot of great stories this week and I wanted to make sure to give them all their due. Uh, but AJ Moto uh, had a, did a poor man's block clock. Um, I think it, I think it ends up totally in like $14. Uh, you know, you just need to write a little bit of code. I think he provides all the code in the post. He also has a GitHub repo for it. Oh no, he said not more than, not more than $30. I mean, obviously not as beautiful as the block clock, but you can, you can refine that. You can, you can fork the code and make it prettier. Um, that's so cool. Yeah, but a really a really fun Does post. Do you have a list of stuff that we need? Um, you just need uh, this M5 Stick C IoT device, um, and then the code. And then you need to connect to the Coin Market API. And then we just need a 3D printer. Or no? Nope. Well, maybe for the case. Yeah, just get Eden 3D printer you, Max to do it. You could, yeah, or you could print it. Cool. Um, Jimmy Song replies, "I don't know why Bitcoin nodes don't display this as defaults." Uh, I agree. I think, I think actually Umbral's the hardware they sell has the, has like a block clock like display on it, but a cool little weekend project. How far are we in? Should we, uh, yeah, we're, we're already over an hour. Are we really? Okay. We should just cut, we'll cut out the stats that we normally do. Um, if we, do we we got boost, we got boost. We can Uh, go over boost. Yeah, we got boost. We got a blockchain boog. Who's like our only big fan. I think I know who Blockchain Boog is. By do the you way. Th- really? Yeah, I do. Uh, now, Super will get the $11 payment. Then Car's Bitcoin investment rips up and he has lots of money now. Super sees this and sells the bond back to Car. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. So this is from last week's episode. We were talking about, um, do you have any beef with Ikea? They're talking about uh, bonds. So I read the part. He basically said, Blockchain Boog, quick explanation of bonds. Bonds are a promise to pay back money borrowed. For example, Car is in El Salvador and he wants to construct a new school. Since he spent all his money on food, he issues a bond asking for $100 to be paid back in 10 years at $11 per year to construct the school. Keon buys that bond for $100 and will receive the $11 until he's paid back. Keon sees Car lose his job and thinks he's not going to be paid back and sells the bond to Super for $50. Now Super will get that $11 payment. Then Car's Bitcoin investment rips up and he has lots of money now. Super sees this and sells the bond back to Car at $100. This is all Car just bought this is back its sovereign debt because he just came into money. Um, thank you, Blockchain Boog, for um, explaining bonds. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, all we got. And you can, if you are on Fountain, you can view all those boosts, right? And so 100%. if you're you're curious what that actually was, uh, you can read it. Um, but thank you so much for being here, Kevin. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. It was me. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we learned something today. Yeah. yeah usually <laughs> we're just like, we're like shit posting verbally is really what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff you told us about, like uh, Stackworks. Yeah. MASH. MASH. Uh, uh, Galoy. Galoy. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Kevin Rook knows a lot of things. That's right. That's what we learned. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll see you next time, stackers. Zap.